Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of I Cast Fireball, an actual play 5e D&D adventure where we go through the campaign, Tyranny of Dragons. I'm Thomas, your DM for this adventure, and around the table we have... Malamara, Lance Thalen, and Fleeple. Let's see where we left our adventurers last, shall we? Our adventurers took on a task from Leosin to delve into the depths of Candlekeep into a forgotten portion of the library. After arriving and crossing some pretty treacherous bridges, they came across a creature, if you could call it that. It was a quill where in order to let them pass, it needed to extract one drop of their blood. Flapel and Mal, seeing no danger, deposited their, their blood with the quill, and Lance, instead of giving his blood, offered a tail, a tail that gripped his companions as well as the quill itself. Once they had made it through the entrance, they had come across this vast and surprising entryway into the unvisited portion of the library. And that is where we pick up on this week's episode. So, just to remind our party, you have found yourself truly right past the entrance into this main portion of the library. And there is this railing on the left-hand side, or rather the west. And as you look over the railing, you hear running water, and you see a pool of water as well. But this pool of water is broken up with stone walkways that are crisscrossing across the expanse of the lake below. There is some greenery and shrubbery that seems to be naturally growing amongst this area. And above you, there is a bright, bright daylight spell that has been cast on an orb which seems to emanate this natural light. And, Fleeple, your shades have to go on as a result. I guess I'm going to have to look awesome and sweet and cool while we're rowing through this dungeon. <laughs> In this chamber, are we to the furthermost south? Is that where we entered from? Yeah, so you're, you're just south here, and uh, thank you for bringing that up, Jacob. You have just entered in here, and you're just taking in this area... The most notable thing about this area is the daylight, is the shrubbery below, and this railing, but about 150 feet, if you were to follow this railing and this winding, somewhat winding path, you would see some double doors on the other side of this chamber, and to your right, there's also this, like, natural pathway that seems to wind immediately to your right. So there seems to be three distinct areas you could go, Obviously, the shrubbery located area below, there's the double doors across the chamber, and then there's the winding path to your right, which immediately curves around so you can't quite see further down. Well, Quillam told us that the dragon portion is in the northeast, and the religion is in the northwest. So should we just go straight across through those doors? Northwest on a level, or northwest? down that way, as Lance points down the 150-foot drop toward the shrubbery, winding river area. Maybe there's a staircase that goes down. We know at least there is a north on this level, so perhaps we try this level first and see what happens. I agree. Do we want to then just ignore this natural path to our right? Because you said that was the direction the quill gave us toward bad dragon lady. 
If this is a library, we probably need to go through some doors. I can just send Zaza through and see if there's anything interesting. Do you want me to send Zaza down this little path and then we can go through the doors? Yes. Sounds good. Mal will do a whistle, a return and report whistle for Zaza, and she'll perk up on her shoulders and take off and fly down that natural path as we traverse toward those doors. Yes, and Zaza, being a pseudo-dragon now, sort of nuzzles into your ch- your your cheek, um, and as you whistle, perks to attention, flaps its wings, and gives a little chirp, and disappears behind. Do you go into Zaza's vision, or do you just wait for them to return to report? I'll go into the vision. Mal puts her hand on Lance's shoulder as they're walking so that she can view through Zaza's senses. Not too tight, not too tight. Ow. Great. So, as Zaza weaves in and out of this passageway, it does get darker. And do pseudo-dragons have dark vision? Pseudo-dragons have dark vision to 60 feet. Okay, great. So it's more dim light, especially there seems to be this like natural light just emanating from seemingly nowhere, but it's very dim. And so it'd be very, you have to squint your eyes if you were to really start try to make things out. But with Zaza's dark vision and the rest of you having dark vision, you probably don't need to squint so you can ignore that description entirely. (laughs) Uh, Zaza weaves in and out of the passageway, moving and I want Zaza to give me a perception check. Would this perception check have anything to do with sight, hearing, or smell? Sight. Perfect. She gets advantage on those perception checks, which is a 18. 18. As Zaza weaves in and out, it's a little windy. It's not nauseatingly windy, though. And it's not extensive it is a somewhat long passageway though it's she goes on for about maybe 50 feet but as she passes one of the walls she sort of like doubles back actually because there is some writing on the wall and she looks at the writing and it's a little bit incomplete but uh do you ask her to stay and read it or just to kind of get a look of the whole area and then to come back is the writing something that she or I would recognize? Is it in a language we would recognize? Uh, it does seem to be a, cr- a old version of common. Okay. If, we, if I can read it while she's there. Great. So, this first phrase, it's very brief, very short, and it's inscribed into the stone itself, and that is a good note to have. This walkway, as it winds, it's actually, it's not lined with brick and mortar. Uh, may they rest in peace. I mean, what? <laughs> Uh, it's not lined, it's not man-made. This seems to be a natural passageway that was eroded by time or the elements. And this writing is scrawled directly into the stone. And this first phrase just has three words. And these three words are the chilling touch. And Zaza hovers in the air in front of this, waiting for a command. That's all that's written on the wall? And this portion, at least. All right, then I'll have her continue on as I make a mental okay. note of those words. As Zaza turns around and goes to swoop away on the op- almost opposite side of the wall, she glances and she reads three more words, or four words at this point, of death seizes all. And she slowly now, more hovering than anything, she continues looking on both sides. And 
for you, the players, for your benefit, I'll start from the beginning, but these are the words that she finds in certain sections of the walls carved directly into the stonework. So from the beginning, it says, The chilling touch of death seizes all. Ashes to ashes, the mighty will fall. So walk through the threshold with death by your side and feast on death's knowledge, he who cannot lie. And so, Malamara, is there anything you wanted Zaza to investigate here or just keep going down the path? No, keep going down the path as we're continuing down our path. So you all three are continuing to walk down the path as Zaza is scouting ahead? Great. Mm -hmm. Okay. On the way, while we're walking, just because I'm sus of this place, I will check for traps. Sounds good. Go ahead and roll me an investigation check then. That is a 26. 26. Hmm. Being the caretaker of Malamara for the time being, as she is... She cannot see, she cannot hear, only through Zaza at the current time being. You are able to take a little bit more time and be a little bit more cautious, and you feel fairly confident that there are no traps directly in front of you. And I will allow that check to continue forward through this corridor until something significant changes for the sake of brevity. So as the three of you are walking through something that Malamara was not able to share or maybe wasn't able to glean from Zaza is that the air in this corridor pretty drastically becomes colder as you leave the warmth of the artificial sun. And these walls, as I mentioned, are barren stone with occasional markings that are brief and hence the phrase that I shared with all of you. Malamara whispering them underneath her breath, you actually come across these. The chilling touch of death seizes all. Uh, as you are following the path of Zaza, this pathway is about maybe 150 feet in length as well. And so you're able to see these reliefs that Mal was describing from Zaza. Uh, I am wondering if perhaps Fleeple, with some of his religious knowledge, if maybe this is ringing any bells, or maybe his knowledge of magic. Hmm. From these words alone, there doesn't seem to be anything that sparks uh, this these seem to be unique maybe if there is something coupled may, maybe if there's something else that pops up we could uh it might spark a memory or spark might spark something with fleeple's history here but as of right now with just these words alone it doesn't seem to be a prayer it doesn't seem to be any sort of arcane ritual necessarily hmm. what a puzzle as zaza reads this final portion of this phrase or the sentence they come to a very short path that leads to an archway with a door immediately behind it. Now this dirt path and archway is about 10 feet wide with two statues on either side of it facing each other. The statues themselves are a deep black onyx and are mirror images of each other. They both are depicted as an animal and this animal is a raven. They both are in the same stance. They're in the same pose if you will and the last thing that sticks out to zaza are in front of each of the ravens are two small urns one in front of the statue on the right and one in front of the statue on the left recognizing that that's kind of a natural ending of this passageway mal will send that message to zaza to return 
and then she'll come back into her own senses. <gasps> okay, um, and she'll like kind of regain her balance, coming back into her own senses. Now that they're in a different spot, on the on the wall in that passage was written uh, a phrase. Um, was it the phrase "A chilling touch of death seizes all ashes to ashes"? Yes, it's on this wall. Yeah. Oh, oh. She looks up at the wall. Oh, well. Uh, perfect. Well, so there was that, and at the very end of the corridor was two black onyx raven statues with some urns. Seems a little spooky down there. I don't think that's quite what we're looking for, but perhaps on our way out. But I don't... Maybe that has something to do with this whole uh, death prophecy thing, but the only thing down that passageway were those two statues at the end. And a door, right? Yeah, so like the the ravens were underneath an archway with a door immediately behind the archway. So there is a door down there. Maybe that's the raven section. The Edgar Allan Poe (laughs) section. The whole section on ravens. (laughs) Yes, it doesn't seem to be a dragon section or a religion section. Agreed. But it does seem to be a completion section. (laughs) (laughs) I was literally going to say that. (laughs) Now, what Ned is thinking is... You know, if we find some dragon stuff, that's going to tie in with Fleeple's backstory. If we find some demon stuff, that's going to tie in with Mal's backstory. You know, may, why why is there this weird raven death tunnel in this dungeon here? <laughs> I'm a bird. I've been secretly a bird this whole time. <laughs> Surprise. What, what's the bird race in, uh, in D&D? Aarakroka. Yeah. Oh, you found me out. <laughs> So all of you, I imagine, have stopped in the hallway. Lance has probably no interest. Jacob has a lot of interest. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm over here like, is, are there ashes in those urns? Because we got ashes to ashes. Hmm. I mean, yeah, maybe maybe on the way out, we'll, you know, let, let's, let, let, let's, let's go find some dragons and some deities. and we'll... Somehow I feel like the way out is going to be like, I don't know, this is just my prophecy, is going to be like a... Indiana Jones, the rock is rolling and we gotta go. (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, that is a good point. Some of us may have stabbed a person in the chest without thinking that would end the storybook that we were in, so... I fully expected it to end the storybook that we were in. (laughs) Alright, so... Um, what is the Jank Squad doing? All of, all of like, I kind of imagine all of your characters have, like, gotten a little slack-jawed and, like, looked up to the sky as, like, you three players are having this conversation of, like, well, our player, our characters would do this, but what is the Jank Squad doing at this time? I feel like we need to just at least check out every, every place along the way, because we never know what direction, as, as that river down there demonstrates... We don't know which direction these paths go. I would at least like to know where that path maybe continues or if it's just a dead end so that we can really know kind of that we're not missing maybe a key part. Well, last time we we strayed from the path, if you will, we found those peppers that you know almost took out a beholder. So I think that might be a great idea to go down the Raven Tunnel. And if we're looking for a spectral dragon... Where better to look than a creepy ghost tunnel? I don't think we're looking for the spectral dragon. We're looking for the book. <laughs> now, Quilliam said that as long as the ghost dragon doesn't eat you, he's kind of a nice guy, right? Yeah, but who'd eat a quill? 
All right. All right, let's go back. So, the Jank Squad, all of you set forward to go down the path that Zaza was heading to really take in the rest of the phrase. And you do see the final reliefs as Zaza or as Mal described, and you do see the remainder of this phrase here, and you come to the archway with the two raven, onyx raven statues, with the urns and the doorway immediately behind or um, past the archway itself. Malamara, could you detect magic? Mal will blink her eyes a few times and activate her Eldritch Sight. Okay. As you activate your Eldritch Eyes, there are there's only one thing that is glowing, and it's glowing a dark black. This archway <laughs> gives a very strong necromatic energy pulsing off of it. Oh. Mal will relay that to the group. Perfect. Perfect. So, if if we want to walk through the threshold, it has to be with death by our side. So, how do we find him? Um, I, I'll go for a stroll with death, if we can just figure out where he is. Are the ravens and the ash- ashes on the opposite side of the threshold? So the ravens are in the archway itself. It's like they're built into the archway. But the ashes are in front of the ravens, on this side of the archway, so they are accessible to you before you were to pass through the archway. I'm going to examine the urns. Okay. How would you like to examine the urns? I will also be checking for traps along this stuff. Yeah, I'll let Lance do that first, and then I'm going to look at the outside of the urns to see if there's any writing on them, any designs, and uh, then I'm going to open them up and take a peek inside. Excellent. Lance, I'll have you roll an investigation check for traps first. That is going to be 17. 17. As you cautiously walk around this area, knowing that the archway does give a very strong necromatic energy, there does not seem to be any traps in this area. Not on the urns, not on the walls. And you looking at the archway, you can't gauge what trap there would be here if there would be any. I relay that, that I don't sense anything. And then, Fleeple, you go to examine the urns, right? Yes. Um, if you're going to give the urns a once-over, I would say that's probably going to be an investigation check. Now, obviously, the sport has got this, as always. And that's going to be a 21. There you go. Ooh. Is Fleeple trained or proficient in Arcana? Fleeple is not proficient in Arcana, unfortunately. Okay. So with your 21, these urns are surprisingly simple. Surprisingly, no etchings in them whatsoever. But they do seem to resemble the same onyx that is reflected in the raven. Or rather, the raven statues. Um, You try to smell... (laughs) Really, really being cautious about this, and... They just seem to be plain, although extravagant in material, urns. Hmm. Knock, knock, knock. Anybody inside? As you knock, it's not hollow. Hmm. Does the lid open? Uh, do you go, do you go to touch the lid? <laughs> oh! Oh! <laughs> Never a good sign. As you go to touch the lid, and it does seem like it can be removed. <laughs> 
Oh, man. The DM is giving me so many chances to back down. I mean, I knocked and nobody was inside, so I am going to uh, kind of duck my head down underneath the lip of the urn and then crack the lid open. So we have a uh, camera shot where it's directly level with the top of the urn. Fleeple's eyes get real big behind it. And as he's about to crack the urn, he drops out of frame with his finger, his little claw going. (laughs) Nothing happens. Booyah. I'm going to look inside that urn. As you open it all the way and look inside with your big cobalt eye, there seems to be some sort of fine material inside if you will hmm does it look like ash and it shifts it does look like shifts well i mean if he moves it it can it shifts (laughs) it's not like coming alive a snake comes out of the ash and bites you so the question is whose ashes are these seeing that nothing happened with his urn the phrase ashes to ashes floating around in mal's head she will gingerly lift the other lid. Mm-hmm. As you go to lift the lid, nothing happens. You lift the lid, and it seems to be undisturbed. Are they both ashy gray, or is there any different color or texture to distinguish the ashes from each other? As you look inside, the it does appear to be some sort. It could be ash, for sure. And these urns are large enough to where you could reach your hand in if you absolutely want to. Hmm. Ashes to ashes. I truly am not but ash when it comes down to it. I shall return to Mother Earth when my body goes cold. Hmm. I'm going to dip my little claws into the ashes. Uh, and Okay. And watch them shift. Watch the ash shift around my claws. And I'm going to root through there and see if I can find anything in the ashes. Okay. As you slowly and gingerly push your claws into the ash, feeling around. What? <laughs> oh, no! What? Just I getting did. my dice out. No! <laughs> oh, boy. This is a bad idea. I regret everything. <laughs> I mean, this could... You know what might be at the bottom of this urn? It might be Ned's new bard character. Who knows? Yeah, it sure is. <laughs> and coming sure on is. out sure is, is Felix the Magnificent, the bard. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. As you, as you slowly push your claw into the ashes, carefully feeling around, go ahead and roll a perception check. Ooh, you got this sport. That is a 19. There's a surprising amount of ash in this urn. <laughs> uh, and you're you're all the way up to your shoulder at this point, mainly because your arms are a little bit shorter than everybody else's. But you your fingers touch something. And as you go to grasp it, it seems to be this circular object (laughs) i will try to lift it from the ashes i just imagine like it's such a deep urn that like lance is holding fleeple's feet (laughs) (laughs) it's like princess bride when he just dives into the sinking sands (laughs) 
Uh, well, it is now. <laughs> As you slowly pull this object out, I'm gonna roll something. Okay. You pull this spherical gem out of the urn. This gem is very small. In fact, you could close your entire claw around it, but as you treat it with care, and as you look at it and hold it in both your claws, both your hands here, it is glowing a very faint ethereal blue light. And the light inside it shifts and changes. Is Matomara's detect magic still up? Yes. This now pings. I turn to both of my friends and I say, I can't tell you how glad I am that this isn't a box with a worm inside of it. <laughs> it is, that is progress. It is progress. <laughs> <laughs> the type of magic that this is giving off is, it's odd, actually. Malamara. Mal, it, when you first see it and... Um, recognize you're like, oh, that is obviously divination mat. Oh, wait, it's necromatic magic. No, it's divination necromatic. And as the, the swirling light inside seems to shift, the type of magic seems to shift as well. To where one time it's divination, another time it's necromatic. Hmm. I'm going to reach my hand into the other urn. I'll hold Lance's legs as he goes yep, into the urn. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it somehow grows in proportion. The <laughs> Mal, you're on the lookout for R-O-U-S's. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Lance, go ahead and roll me a perception check. Right, I'm not good at this, but I will try. Oh, but you got this, sport. Is that code for that you giving you get me to guidance? That to add a D4. All right, there you go. All right, perception, perception. Oh, I, I'm not. I'm, I'm okay. Here we go. Here we go. Oh, that's a fail. That's a one. That's a critical failure. Okay. As you shift around in this urn, it's probably because, it could be because Fleeple's trying to hold your legs over this urn. So you're you're mainly just like on the ground on your chest with your, uh, regardless, regardless of the comical sight. It is not... You can't feel anything in there. But would you like to try again? Sure. Okay. Go and roll me a perception check. And I'll just roll something do I got, on do my Do I got this here. sport? You do got this sport. That's better. Plus a d4. 21. 21. At this point, you feel a cylindrical object as well. Spherical, I should say, not cylindrical. A spherical object. I take it out. All right, let me just roll something on my end here. Okay. As you pull it out, exactly the same gem. Twinsies. I feel kind of bad that Malamar is left out. Oh, I imagine it's going to come back at us some way or another. <laughs> and Mal, the same exact divination. Necromatic divination. Necromatic magic is pulsing and shifting inside of this gemstone as well. Lance, will you put up your gemstone next to Fleeple's? I want to see if anything changes if we put the gemstones closer together in their magic. 
We are asking to die. <laughs> we are asking to die. Hey, let's go to the Raven statues. Necromatic? Let's check it. <laughs> let's check it out. All right, yeah, I will I will go along with what Malamara is saying. Okay. Lance, as you move to shift your gemstone over to Fleeple, uh, I want you to roll me a wisdom saving oh, throw, please. Oh, you suck. All right. Wisdom saving throw. Oh, but that's okay. 18. 18. Before you shift it over to Fleeple's gem, you feel drawn to the gem itself, and you start to gaze into it. Again, it's fairly small. It's something you can enclose in your fist. But as you gaze into it, you start to hear these voices. It's been a, wa- a little bit since you've heard the voices to this extreme. Actually, it's been all the way back to since Greenest, to where you felt this flooding of voices. And there are these voices that are coming at your brain again. But you shake your head, and you look up to Fleeple, and the voices fade away to the back of your mind. Stealing yourself, you walk over to Fleeple, and you gesture to combine these stones, if you will, or to put them side by side. As Fleeple and Lance, you put your stones together. We switch bodies. (laughs) Uh, Freaky Friday. No. That would be awesome in a campaign, though. How much fun would that be? You're so clammy. Well, I am now a druid. All of my ideas now are going to sound terrible for this dungeon because I don't have that. (laughs) (laughs) The only thing that you can tell from these gems is that their shifting lights and glows becomes more vibrant. The whites become even paler and even more white, while the dark blues and even blacks, which weren't apparent... Um, the black, which wasn't apparent, becomes starts to come out and become more of a stronger color in this symphony of colors. Is seeing that the only reaction we're getting is just you know more vibrancy. Is there? Lance wants to look around at the at the raven statues at the doorway and to see is there like a hold for these things? Like, is there a missing like indentation where? these could naturally fit. Okay, okay. For this one, I'll have you roll a perception check, but while this is happening, Fleeple, did you have something you wanted to say? I'm just thinking, like, divination necromancy, divination necromancy, is this going to, like, help us spy on a lich or something? Is this going to help us find a ghost dragon? Yeah. I didn't hear got this sport, so I'm just going with the roll. 14. 14, sounds good. You glance around and... You you make sure not to get too close to the archway, but you are sort of looking around, and there doesn't seem to be any area that you can put these orbs into, these gemstones. You're looking in the eyes of the ravens, and it doesn't look like it. On the reliefs, on the walls, you're feeling around. It doesn't seem like these gems should be uh, have a place that would uh, that seem to be designated for them. This this gateway before us this their doors do they have handles yes they do have handles they're the uh they're not the turn ones they're the push and pull ones does did mickey's detect magic was it explicit that the necromantic magic was coming from the doors themselves or just the archway the archway specifically is what 
her eldritched sight was pinging, not the door itself. Fleeple, do you have anything? Just looking back at this poem here. So it's cold in this hallway. We've got a chilling touch. Got ashes, presumably the ashes of like a mighty person who's fallen. So walking through the threshold with death by our side, do I like pick up one of the urns and jaunt my way through? Maybe, maybe this is Jacob theorizing. Maybe death is necromatic, but death is also divination. The future is having one of these things going to let us through the doorway. Is this the death by our side? So here's what I'm thinking. Let's give one of these gems to Zaza and have her like go through the doorway there. See what happens. I had the same thought. <laughs> Mickey was so remorseful at that. She goes, oh man, yeah. Well, I don't know. I could try summoning... I could try summoning my face spirit, but I don't know if that counts as, like, a creature necessarily. Yes, that sounds like a good plan, Fleeple. Sacrifice the, the meaningless member of the party. So, Lance, you're going to go through. Oh, the burns. Oh! It's like you've been trained by a demon. It burns so bad. Mickey, take an inspiration die. <laughs> uh, I thought we were supposed to be experiencing a chilling touch in this hallway. Oh, goodness. <laughs> Mal will hold out her hand to Lance for the gemstone, and then... My mind. Oh, okay, I will hand it over. <laughs> <laughs> she hands it back to Lance and asks for fleeples. <laughs> I hand over the gemstone. She procures one of the gemstones. <laughs> so, you put uh, Lance's gemstone, and you give it to Zaza, who clutches it in their uh, talons. And it, like I said, it's very small, and Zaza, being an intelligent creature, they're able to grasp it. And they look back at you, hovering in the air, kind of like a, really? And I'll give her a, a left flank whistle to go through the archway. And without hesitation, having this training ingrained inside of her, she goes through the archway. And as she passes through the archway, your Eldritch Sight is still active, correct? Correct. All of a sudden, the archway to you goes completely black, Malamara. And to Fleeple's passive perception, you see the gemstone shine bright for one second. Pazaza passes through the archway. All right. Now, just in terms of the scientific method, we had our test, so we need a control. So we need to have Zaza come back through here, give Lance the gem back, and then fly back through without the gem just to see what happens, you know? I'm liking it, though. I'm liking it. It's It's science. So Zaza does fly back, uh, knowing that there's no danger flying through the archway, at least in its current state, and comes and perches back on your shoulder, Malamara. Zaza drops the gemstone back into Malamara's hand. So are we going through? Well, I'm not, I'm not sure how all of us can. There's only two gemstones. We could throw it back through, or just two of us go through. If you guys would like to go investigate what's on the other side of this door, I'll keep watch on this side of the barrier, since you guys are the ones who found it in the ashes. Against my better judgment, I feel like I should go, because even though I don't want to die, I also know that I am the most careful. No offense. And if by the passing through that threshold and into the next room, that's where the dragon thing is, I could maybe be sneaky and get by it, possibly. And I could appeal to it with my draconic heritage. That's very true. 
you got like a common bond. Like, oh, you're from Tallahassee? I'm from Tallahassee. Yes, the the origin point of all dragons. <laughs> yes, exactly. Tallahassee. <laughs> uh, Mal will give the gemstone back to Lance and then telepathically tell Zaza to wrap himself around Lance's shoulders and to watch over and protect them while she's on this side. Lance will clutch the gem and just like as he's about to walk through just think to himself well, I'm either gonna die or I'll see you in a second, Yellow. And I'll walk through. And Fleeple thinks to himself well, here goes the two people who have backup bards at least. (laughs) (laughs) In in Uh, another life. The wheel of time. (laughs) So, in step, Fleeple and Lance, you step through the archway here, with Zaza perched on Lance's shoulder. And Malamara, I need Zaza to make me a constitution saving throw, please. There's the con save that I was waiting for. There's the controlled test. 16. 16. Zaza is racked with immense pain. And as you see with your eldritch sight, you see the blackness shift and it, there seems to be almost this barrier that surrounds Lance and Fleeple, but Zaza, it engulfs them and they screech out in pain. They're going to take... Okay, not a great roll, but they're going to take 10 necromatic damage. Oh, wow. That was a lot less than I thought it was going to be. Uh, that is still Don't taunt far higher than her hit points. <laughs> he rolled three times! <laughs> oh, wow. That was really lame. It, it was. No, it I was, was a really bad roll. Surprised. I rolled a one, a two, and a seven. Wow. So that destroys her and she puffs out of existence. As they screech in pain, Zaza looks back with sad puppy dog eyes of like why did you do this before bursting into the f- into their fey chaotic energy so while the boys are exploring this death tunnel mal will spend the next little bit ritually casting find familiar to resummon zaza she's going to start the process while you guys are exploring so mal goes <sighs> sits down and starts in the dirt carving the runes needed and the circle and uh, getting all of your implements out while getting your book out and going, all right, was it page 37? I got it bookmarked, okay. Well, as Malamar begins casting the ritual, I look up at Lance and I hold up my fist with my knuckles towards him and I say, Booyah! And I reach out and grab his fist with my hand and shake it. Booyah! Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. And Lance didn't think he missed anything. He thought that's the way you do it. <laughs> Lance is like, I'm bonding. Yes. So now that you've passed through the archway, you still have this door. This door is actually a silver door. And there doesn't appear to be any locks on it. But there do are some handles that you would pull or push to open the doorway into this next chamber. And did my check for traps include this door or no? It did not. You could not get that close. Um, you, the, you were really concerned about that archway. So you can go and roll an investigation yeah, I'll, check. I'll give Lance a flat tire on the way. There, there you go. Getting it, sport. Bonding. <laughs> uh, that's 19. 19. There does not appear to be any traps on this door. 
I will, like, just give a nod to Fleeple, and I would assume we'd both kind of put a shoulder to the door and push it open. So having overcome this necromatic archway, having these two gemstones that are a mix between necromatic and divination magic, having seemingly solved this riddle, or this phrase at least, both of you together put your weight into the silver door, and as it it creaks open, it's a loud creak, like it hasn't been opened for a long time. You look into darkness. That's where we're going to end this week's episode of I Cast Fireball. It's like that, oh, what's that movie? Oh, uh, ne- not Finding Nemo. What's that movie? Does anyone know a movie I'm talking about? It's an animated movie with a character named Nemo, and he like is a kid on a bed. Am I just totally out in the blue here? Where he, he opens the If any yeah. of you know, it's, a, it's an animated movie where like there's this kid named Mimo and he goes to like the dream world and there's this door that like is like holding back the nightmare and he opens it up and it's like super black inside. That's what I imagined. So listeners, if you know what I'm talking about, give me a shout out. <laughs> shout out on our social media. We got our Twitter and our um, I almost said Twitch. We are not on Twitch, but our Twitter or Instagram. Um, shout us out to see what movie that is. What a good session. What a fun time exploring. We are one room further into this massive library. <laughs> one room further. <laughs> we just entered the first room. We are going to take so long in this dungeon. In our room. And Thomas knows that Listen we're completionists. That. Hope you Thomas knows that we're completionists. He's, like, he's like, and there's a side room. <laughs> no, we even took. We didn't even take an hour for a room. We took an hour to open the door to a room. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm making up for lost ground because apparently we missed out on a lot of magic items when I stabbed. That's Quilt true. Early, so that's true. Listeners, buckle up. Because it's going to be a fun ride here. And we'll find out what is in this darkness on our next episode of I Cast Fireball. As always, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. It means the world to us that you take this time out of your day, um, your week, to just give us a listen and to go along for this ride that we're going on. Um, We, Our whole goal and our whole idea behind iCast Fireball is to just tell an engaging story that is fun, not just for our players, but for you, the listeners, to enjoy. Um, We hope that we're bringing some inspiration to you for if you're running your own games and if you're running your own characters and maybe creating your own world itself. So thank you so much for joining us. Well, for wherever you get your podcast from, please leave us a review. It helps boost our ratings throughout each podcast service, puts us in other people's recommended feeds, and lets us know that you like what you're doing. If you want to write something a little bit longer than a review, you could also shoot us an email at iCastFireball2020 at gmail.com or follow us at iCastFireball20 on Twitter and Instagram and shout us out there with hashtag iCastFireball. We'd love to hear from all of you and we're hoping to get the word out there and, as always, set this podcast on fire. 
Folks, we've got another review that dropped this past week that we want to shout out for everybody here. This review came from Yay4Reviews. You know who you are out there. They said, entertaining for everyone. They're loving this. They wanted to get their kids into D&D, but there's a struggle of where they can get family-friendly and quality storytelling. And yay for reviews. Thank you so much for giving us the five-star review. We try here to mix great storytelling, engaging characters, and character interactions. So we just appreciate you giving us a shot and for the positive review. Also, wanted to shout out a few people online. Uh, Caldic Steel on Twitter has been evangelizing our podcast to everybody out there. And Caldic, thank you so much for taking the time, for always uh, shouting us out. Um, we can't thank you enough for getting the word out there and for setting this podcast on fire, if you will. And lastly, just want to shout out a few people who've shot us some emails over the past few weeks. That's to Charles and Roy. Charles and Roy, thank you so much for shooting us those emails. And... I'm hoping to use some of your Dungeon Master ideas over the next few weeks in some of these episodes, so stay tuned to all of that. Just want to give a quick shout out to our sister podcast, Improv Tabletop, where our resident kobold, Ned, takes a turn as a GM and runs through many one-month adventures using the Fate Accelerated system, but also the new published Avatar Legends tabletop system. Both are incredibly fun, whether you like Avatar, The Last Airbender, or The Legend of Korra, or you just like fun, wacky improv situations you should definitely give them a listen and don't forget to leave them a five-star review as well. But lastly, like, subscribe, and share with your friends and fellow wacky adventurers. But until next time, I'm Thomas, your DM, and around the table we have... Malamara, Lance Thalen, and Fleeple. Let's keep that fire going, and we'll see you all next time.